You're listening to the College Age Movement Podcast. Well, hey guys, hope that you are doing well. We are in part number six, the final part of our series, The Worship Playlist. Last week, we talked about the song Available by Elevation Worship. And if you want to hear that, you can go back and check out part five of this series. We talked about whether or not we view the narrow road as being restrictive or protective. And this week, we're going to wrap up with a song called Run to the Father by Cody Carnes. This is an incredible song. It's been around for several years now, and uh, it's very been very, very impactful for so many of us as we've listened through the lyrics and we've worshipped together in this song. So the first line that we're going to look at says, I've carried a burden for too long on my own. I wasn't created to bear it alone. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 says, Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. So the first question that I want to ask tonight or today, depending on when you are listening to this podcast, is this. What burdens are you carrying? What burdens are you carrying? I think that we often want to convince ourselves that we aren't really carrying anything. Maybe it's because we want to deny it or maybe it's because we're not willing to classify our stuff as a burden. But if we really take time to look at our lives, we all have things that we're carrying. So what burdens am I carrying? And a follow-up question would be this. Are we carrying them alone? Am I carrying them alone? The invitation of Christ couldn't be clearer. Come to me. Come to me and I will give you rest. He is sending us nowhere but it directly into his arms. And yet too often we find ourselves clutching our burdens to our chest, screaming that we've got this. But what if we became people who first thought, This difficulty, this trouble, this thing that I'm going through needs to be taken straight to my father. I think one of the biggest faults that our humanity instills in us is this this idea that we need to wait until things are out of control before we ask for help. We believe that things have to be completely chaos before we step in and ask for help. And that's a lie. We need to be people who are constantly taking our troubles, constantly taking our burdens, constantly taking all things to our Father. So Jesus first, but then we have to understand the importance of community. We need family to help us get through the hardest parts of our lives. We need community to help us get through those times. We literally weren't created to bear it alone, to bear this life alone. We were created for relationship. From the beginning of time, God said, it is not good for man to be alone. And while this is so incredibly true for for this idea of marriage that we so often hear this verse, it wasn't good. It isn't good for man to be alone. I'm going to create in him a suitable helper. Like this idea of Adam and Eve is beautiful in the sense of marriage and the beautiful in the sense of unity, but it's also applicable to all people, not just to people who are married. We weren't created to walk this out alone. We need people in our lives who can help us through the hardest times and that can rejoice with us through the most successful times. So a question would be, what is keeping you from sharing your burdens? We could all answer this question in a different way. It could be shame or embarrassment, self-punishment or self-preservation. But my challenge for each of us would be to identify those things and kill them to the best of our ability, realizing that life lived alone isn't really living life at all. The living life alone in isolation just creates more 
trouble, that we would be people who live life with one another and we would identify the things that are keeping us from sharing our burdens and that we would kill those things off. Galatians chapter 6 verse 2 says, carry each other's burdens and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. Carry each other's burdens and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. That is pretty straightforward, plain and simple. Share your burdens, accept the burdens of others and help them carry theirs. We are in this together. So let's stop trying to do it by ourselves. Now the front end of the course, it says, I run to the father. I fall into grace. I run to the father. I fall into grace. So the next point is this just simply the father, the father. This is the idea. This is really the whole point of the entire song that we would understand that we do not just have a distant God who is watching, but a present father who is participating, not a distant God who is watching, but a present father that is participating in our everyday life. So many of us have had incredible dads. I have an incredible dad, a present father, but some of us have never had a present father. Some of us have never had somebody step in and say, I am here for you. I'm here with you. Let's do this thing together. And I don't know the details of every person's story that's listening into this podcast, but I can tell you with confidence that the love of a father changes everything. I've had so many opportunities to spend time with young people. And several years ago, we were at a camp uh, several hours away from Billings, Montana. We were up in, in the Great Falls area. And I got an incredible opportunity just to be a counselor at camp. And I didn't really know many of the guys that I was hanging out with at the time. I knew a couple of them a little bit, but I got to build relationships with them throughout the week. And it was just incredible. It's one of the greatest groups of guys I've ever been around. And um, at the end of it, I was having a conversation with one of the guys and I said, Hey, I love you, man. And this kid is 18 years old, just stops in his tracks and just looks at me. And he's just kind of like dumbfounded by this phrase that I just said to him. I just said, Hey, love you, man. Like, I hope you have a great weekend. It's been like so good having you up in my cabin this week. And I was like, what's going on? Are you okay? And he said, I've never had an adult male ever tell me that he loves me. His dad wasn't present. He didn't have a role model. He didn't have anybody. He had never had a man tell him that they love him. And it just shattered so many things for him. And it shattered so many things for me to understand that there are people who have never been told, I love you by their dad. They have never been told, I love you by somebody who is, who is caring for them, who is their protector. You see, the love of a father changes everything. The impact of a big brother or, or, or a father simply saying, I love you, will change an individual in, in massive ways. But my prayer for every person who's listening to this, every person who comes in contact with our ministry, the church, the Big C Church or Faith Chapel, whatever it may be, is that they would understand that no matter what their earthly father is like, they have a heavenly father that loves them unconditionally. You have a heavenly father who loves you unconditionally. And every moment, every day is saying, hey, I love you. Hey, I'm here for you. Hey, I'm with you. That impact is unlike any other. The next point this week is falling into grace. I love the image that the song paints, running to a father who is waiting with arms ready. There's this story, and I don't know if you've heard it before. There's this this girl named Kayla Montgomery. She's a long-distance runner, and she has MS. And MS takes away the feeling in her legs as she, she runs. 
and there's this entire special on ESPN that, that, that documents the way that she does this. And, and she goes on these, these long distance races in her track and field events. And she is running and running and running. And at the end of every single race, her coach is just waiting at the finish line to catch her. He's just waiting for her and she collapses. She crosses the finish line. She collapses into his arms and she almost immediately starts screaming, help me, help me, help me. And they, they, they put ice on her legs because what happens is that her body temperature rises and it causes her to not have feeling in her legs. And so she can't even actually keep pace with her legs. She has to keep pace with her arms. And it's just absolutely incredible that she's able to do this at all. And so they get ice on her legs and on her forehead and they help her body, her core body temperature cool down so that she can gain feeling back in her legs. And, and I love this picture because all I can think about is the seasons in our lives where we are running a race. And sometimes we are winning the race and we're doing great. And sometimes we are definitely not. But always, just like Kayla had her coach, we have a father who is waiting at the finish line, who is, who's waiting to catch us when, our, when we fall. And as we scream out, help me, help me, he is always willing to do that. I think it's an amazing picture of Jesus. Grace falling into this grace this unmerited favor is something that we probably don't won't don't understand but probably won't ever fully understand and my hope and prayer is that we would always realize that it is available and that even though we might not understand why jesus gives us the grace that he does we would always always know that it's available and we'd freely fall into it i love this idea of simply falling into grace too that that when we do fail when we do fall when we do finish a season whenever that may be that we are falling into the grace of jesus not falling into shame not falling into guilt not falling into to pride not falling into anything but just the grace the forgiveness and the love of jesus the next line we're going to look at says i'm done with the hiding no reason to wait i'm done with the hiding no reason to wait so the next question this week is, what are we hiding? What are we hiding? Some of us are in a season of hiding right now. Some of us aren't. Some of us, we feel like we have everything in the light, but we have all been there. We've all been in seasons where we are hiding and it's our selfish nature that drives us towards self-preservation. And we do not want the watching world to know that we might actually not be perfect. But here's the thing. When we bury something, something's going to grow. When we bury something, something's going to grow from it. Our sin nature, if not brought into the light, will produce more sin nature. So if we do not want it to take root in our life, we need to dig that stuff up. We need to kill it. We need to, to get it at its roots and dig it up and understand that the things that we're going to plant in our lives are going to be things that bear good fruits, not things that bring up more sin and more shame. You see, concealment brings isolation. One of the most dangerous things about our sin is that it can make us feel utterly alone because we aren't willing to bring it into light. The first step that we have to take is understanding that our perfect father is always present, that even if we wanted to, we could not hide our imperfections from him. And that shouldn't be terrifying. That should be comforting. Understanding that Jesus loves us and has grace for us and we can fall into that grace every single day, even though, even still, when Jesus knows every single mistake that we've made, that is one of the amazing things about the gospel. The second step is understanding that healthy community will not judge, but instead will nurture. Healthy community will not judge our sin. They will nurture us back to health. That we as a Christian community will not judge people's sin. We will nurture people back to a place of health. 
I don't know if you know who Dietrich Bonhoeffer is. Um, if you've studied history, you you very well may. He was this incredible German pastor during World War II, and he essentially became a, a spy. He he got really tight with with Hitler, and he was actually a part of a plan to assassinate Adolf Hitler to try to end World War II. And he, he was this incredible theologian, an incredible pastor and discipler and all these different things. And he ends up getting caught before the plan goes into action. He gets sent to a concentration cap, camp and actually gets executed there. But, but one of the most amazing things that I think Dietrich Bonhoeffer did was he was a part of a movement called the Confessing Church a movement that stood on the importance of not just being in community, but being an authentic community and in, in, in not just perfect community and people who all pretend to be okay, but people who are willing to be vulnerable and authentic with one another. He has a quote that says, he who is alone in his sin is utterly alone. It may be that Christians, notwithstanding corporate worship, common prayer, and all their fellowship and service may still be left to their loneliness. The final breakthrough to fellowship does not occur because though they have fellowship with one another as believers and as devout people, they do not have fellowship as the undevout, as sinners. What Dietrich Bonhoeffer was saying is that we are broken. We are messy. We are so far from perfect. But where we find Jesus the most is when we are willing to be broken at the foot of the cross together. That we would be people who stop putting on this facade that we have it all together and we would start living out our lives authentically in community because that is where community changes. That is where this community of young adults changes, but that is also where the community of Billings and beyond will change over and over again is when we step into real authentic community. The next line says, and I don't have a context. I don't have a context for this kind of love. I don't understand, I can't comprehend all that I know is that I need you. The next point is this, stop trying to explain it. We have an innate desire to classify all the things in our life. We want to put them in boxes with pretty little bows. But I can confidently say that there's nothing simple and there's nothing neat about following Jesus. And thank God for that. I take great confidence in serving a God that I cannot fully explain. Because an explainable God, an explainable God feels really small. And Jesus is anything but that. That the God we serve is big and mighty. And our faith in him cannot always be easily explained and placed in a small box with a pretty bow on it. But it's always worth it. So we need to stop trying to explain it. We just need to live out our faith in him. We don't have a context. But all we know is that we need Jesus. The last line we're going to look at, my heart has been in your sights long before my first breath. Running into your arms is running to life from death. Ephesians chapter one, verses three through six, it says, praise be to God and the father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. See, before we were born, he chose us. Long before my first breath, my, my heart was in your sights long before my first breath. Before we were born, he chose us. I love the use of the word adopted. Obviously, I have an adopted daughter. 
from Ethiopia. And so it's very, very near and dear to my heart. But I love the word adoption because it indicates something very important. There's that adoption is a decision, not an obligation. Adoption is a decision, not an obligation. God made an intentional decision to not only create humanity, but to stick it out when it fell. The creator of the universe could have easily said, dang, like give, give that gave them free will. And then Adam and Eve screwed it up. And then they continue to screw it up. I'm just going to wipe them off the face of the planet. I'm just going to start over. I'm not even going to give them the Noah story. I'm not even going to send a flood and let some of them live to repopulate the earth. No, I'm going to, I'm going to literally wipe it out. I'm just going to wipe the slate clean. I have the power to start over. Instead, he endured his creation walking in every which direction except towards him and then made another decision to send his own son to forgive those people that have been walking every which way. You see, decision beats obligation every single time. Decision beats obligation every single time. In my own story, Zara, my daughter, grows up. Do you think that she wants to know that we felt obligated to be her parents or that we chose to be her parents? When I tell her that I love her, would it mean more out of obligation or would it mean more if she knew that I was making a, a conscious decision to love her every single day? If my wife only told me that she loved me out of obligation, I would not feel loved. But it's a decision that we make. It's a decision that we make. And, and when God chose us, it was a decision that he made, not an obligation that he had. This idea flows into every aspect of our life. Our workplaces, our schools, our relationships with God, and our relationships with people. And I get that there are obligations that come up within our lives. But we can make decisions within those. I don't love this part of my job, but I'm deciding to embrace it because I feel called to be here. I don't love this part of this relationship, but I feel like God is calling me to love them really, really well. So I'm making a conscious decision to be here. This person is always around me. It doesn't matter if I want them to be or not. I'm making a conscious decision to love them like Jesus would love them. When we change our perspectives, our outcomes change. We need to live the life that God has called us to live because we want to, not, not because we're obligated to. We want to live the life that God has created us. We want to be obedient. And when we're obedient, we're running into the arms of a father and running directly into the life that he has called us to live. Thank you for listening to the College Age Movement podcast. College Age Movement's in-person gatherings meet Tuesday nights at 7, and we would love to have you there. If you are unable to join us in person, you can engage online at faithchapel.cc or follow us on our socials at collegeagemvmt.